Well, good morning. This morning, we're going to continue on in worship through prayer. And one of my hopes during this prayer time is not only to lead us in prayer corporately, but also to teach you how to pray privately and personally. And the greatest tool that I have learned to pray is just simply using scripture, praying with my Bible open. Let me show you what I mean by that. In Ephesians chapter 1, we're given a prayer prayed by the Apostle Paul, and of course, prayed under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The, the Apostle Paul is praying exactly how God would have us to pray, a model prayer, uh, according to the will of God. So when we pray, our goal is to conform our desire to what God wants, our will to God will, God's will. And if we're praying scripture, then we know that we're praying God's will rather than just our selfish wants. So let me give you an example. This is Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So you can take that prayer and use it to pray any situation in your life. Maybe you have a big decision coming up and you need God's wisdom. Lord, because I know you in the knowledge of him, please, as you have promised, give me wisdom in this specific decision that I have coming up in the revelation of him. Lord, reveal yourself to me. Reveal your character to me so that I can make a better decision coming up. And really, whatever comes to your mind about any situation, you can pray likewise. And you can open up just about any scripture passage and use this tool in prayer. But it's like a muscle. You have to build it up. You have to kind of learn how to do it. So let's practice this morning using that prayer from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. Begin to pray. Begin to pray for God's will. How do you need God to reveal himself to you this morning? How do you need wisdom for your life? I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Pray using that scripture.
Father God, we pray, Lord, that you, through your word this morning, would reveal yourself to us. Reveal your Son to us through the Holy Spirit. Lord, he is our wisdom. Lord, help us to live our lives centered around him in every way. And it's by your light, Lord, we see light. And give us light and truth this morning from your word. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. I've been to Mammoth Cave several times, as I'm sure most of you have been to Mammoth Cave yourself. And I remember the first time that I went there, it was a field trip, and the class went on this tour. It was called the History Tour. I, I still remember it. It's the, the one where they, they show you all the, the largest chambers of the cave. I remember going up the tower that's inside the cave. But... The thing that I remember most is that point on the tour when they get everybody together and they turn out the lights. And it is the thickest darkness that you have ever been in. You can wave your hand in front of your face and not even sense any movement because it is simply pitch black dark. Imagine how terrifying it would be to be in Mammoth Cave and then suddenly your flashlight goes out and no one is around you. It would be virtually impossible to feel your way out of the cave in that type of thick darkness. Light is an interesting thing because we don't so much look at the light. It's through the light that we look at everything else. Light makes our eyes work and we can see what's around us by the light entering our eyes. God knows that we need light, not only physically, but also spiritually. And that is why he sent Jesus Christ to earth to show us light to reveal himself spiritually. We're in a sermon series that we just started last week called The Seven. Jesus in his own words. And each week we're taking one of the statements of Jesus from the Gospel of John that he made about himself. Every one of these statements starts with the word, I am. Last week, we learned how Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Today, we're going to learn and examine how Jesus said, I am the light of the world. The full statement is, I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus is described using light, not just here in this self-disclosing statement, but several times throughout John's gospel. God himself is described, and of course Jesus being God, so this would describe Jesus. He's described numerous, numerous times throughout the totality of scripture in both the Old and New Testaments, using light. So this is one of the main ways 
that God communicates to us about himself. He wants us to know that I am the light. And it's by his spiritual light that we see spiritually, that we can see what God wants us to see spiritually. So let's examine this idea together this morning. And from John's gospel and a few other scriptures, we're going to see how Jesus is the light of the world who brings, by being the light, he brings truth, he brings exposure, and then he brings salvation. So first off, let's examine how Jesus, as the light of the world, brings truth. From the first few verses of the book of John, he speaks of the word being Jesus Christ, being our light, and he hearkens back to the first words of the Bible where God spoke on day one of creation, and what did he say? Let there be light. That was the physical creation, and without light, we can't physically see, but it's like that spiritually. Without the light of Jesus Christ, we can't spiritually see. Our, our spiritual eyes aren't working. We're still blind. We're still in the darkness. John chapter 1, verse 4 says, In him, speaking of Jesus, was life, and that life was the light of men. So, if you have spiritual life inside of you, you also have the light. If you have the light, then you have spiritual life. Without light, physically, nothing can grow. We can't have food to eat. It would be impossible for there to be life on the earth. John's making the same point spiritually to us. Without the light, the supernatural light of Jesus Christ, then there is no spiritual life. You are still dead in your trespasses and sins if you do not have Jesus Christ. The light itself symbolizes truth. It, just, it symbolizes goodness. It, it symbolizes what is right. So if a person is still in the dark... They're separated from God. They're still stumbling around. They, they aren't living in God's goodness. They aren't right with him. They're still living in unrighteousness. So that's how Jesus Christ, as the light of the world, brings us truth. But Jesus Christ, as the light of the world, also brings us exposure. He exposes us. Exposure is not a comfortable thing for anyone. Maybe you spill something on your clothes. You can hide it 
when the light is dim in the room. No one can see that. But if you brighten the lights, all of those stains are exposed on your clothes. Now, spiritually speaking, it's much like that. When we're doing something wrong, when we're living in a way that we know that God is not happy with, what do we do? We try to hide that. We try to keep that in the dark. We don't want people to know about it. So we don't talk about it. We don't bring it up to others. We want the light, so to speak, on us about that to be very dim. We don't want those stains on us to stand out because we feel ashamed and we feel embarrassed about that. But Jesus loves us so much that he came to earth bringing us light, exposing our darkness for what it is. And at first that may not sound like a loving thing to bring exposure to us because that's a very uncomfortable thing. But without Jesus as the light bringing exposure we can't have his love either. This isn't in John's gospel, but in the first chapter of 1 John, this is a letter that, that John wrote, also by the apostle John. He speaks of how Jesus exposes the dark recesses of our soul and how this is actually a loving thing that he does for us. Let me read you this. This is 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 10. This is the message that we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light, and there is absolutely no darkness in him. If we say we have fellowship with him, and yet we walk in the darkness, we're lying and are not practicing the truth. If we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. This passage is all about transparency before God. As long as we're trying to hide our sin from God and from others, we're still in the darkness. And our fellowship with God is broken. But God loves us so much that he wants a relationship with us. And when we have that relationship with him, 
He wants it to grow. But what hinders that growth is us denying that we have sin. The more that we try to hide sin in our life, the more that we try to justify ourselves that what we're doing is not wrong, the more it hinders our relationship with God. We can't walk with him when we're not being transparent and honest with him. When we're doing that, John says, when we claim that I don't have any sin in my life, we're being a liar. We're not telling God the truth. We're not telling ourselves the truth. We're kidding ourselves. But Jesus loves us so much. He is such a great Savior that he invites us to step into his light. Allow him to expose our sin. And rather than forsaking us, rather than putting us to more shame, he loves us. And when we do that, he cleanses us. He forgives us of our sin. Nothing can grow in the darkness. Light and life go together. Spiritual growth and change only happen when we bring it into the light. So last, Jesus, as the light of the world, also brings us salvation. Back in John's gospel, Jesus, in in what we call John chapter 12, he summarized his mission, why he came into the world. And this was one of several mission statements that he gave in the four gospels. And he speaks of his mission in terms of bringing light into the world. He says this, I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes in me would not remain in darkness. Jesus does not make himself out ever to be an option for anyone, at least for salvation. If one wants to be saved, they must believe in Jesus. They must step into the light. We we can either come into the light by repenting of our sins and believing in Jesus. Believing in isn't just knowing about, it's believing in, it's trusting in, it's surrendering to. We can either continue on in the darkness or we can step into the light. As far as salvation, there's only one way. Jesus gives us, and that is himself. That is believing in himself. This is not optional. Now I must remind everybody, not as a scare tactic, but just to give you the truth, if someone 
remains in the darkness apart from Christ, if they remain in their sins, they will then die in their sins if they refuse Christ. And to die in their sins apart from Jesus, never stepping into the light, means that a person will spend an eternity in outer darkness. Jesus also told us this. They will be thrown into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So to refuse Jesus to live in the darkness is to enter into an eternity in the darkness, which is hell. Heaven, on the other hand, is described in terms of light. Heaven is the kingdom of light. If hell is the outer darkness, the word tells us in Colossians chapter 1 that heaven is the kingdom of light. Giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. So if anyone repents of their sins and believes in Christ, they have an inheritance in the kingdom of light. This is why Jesus Christ came to earth as the light of the world. The light of the world, Jesus Christ, came to earth to reveal God the Father to us. He lived a holy and sinless life, a perfect life. The light of the world entered into this world of darkness to die a criminal's death on a cross as a punishment for our sins so that our sins could be atoned for. And the light of the world arose victoriously from the grave so that if a person places their faith in Jesus Christ for salvation, they will be qualified to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light, heaven. Their sins will be forgiven. And they can and will have a right relationship with God in his light. I hope you now see that the biggest problem facing humanity is spiritual darkness. It is our sin which separates us from God and keeps us in the darkness. Jesus came as the light of the world so that we don't have to remain in the darkness. We can step into the light and have life. His light, his life, eternal life, which begins the moment that you believe in Jesus and continues on forever in his kingdom, the kingdom of light. So maybe today 
God is shining lights into your soul. And you recognize, I have never truly trusted in Jesus Christ as my Savior. Well, why wait any longer? Why not turn from the life that you've tried to live on your own apart from God in the darkness and step into the light? Turn from your sin. Confess your sin to him and believe in him as your Savior and Lord. This is also a problem, meaning the problem of darkness, for Christians. The passage that I read to you from John, 1 John chapter 1, those verses 5 through 10, those are actually addressed to believers. Of course, that can be applied to someone who is an unbeliever who then turns and trusts in Christ. But John, just like the other letters in the New Testament, was written to a group of believers, a local church. And when he is talking about hiding sin in our life and not walking in the light, he's speaking about believers. So maybe here today, even though you know Christ, you're not walking with Christ like you ought to. You're not living in the light. You've stumbled back down into the darkness. And you're hiding things from God. You're not being transparent with God. Well, the great hope of it is when you confess your sin that maybe God right now is shining his light on, and you feel convicted about it, when you're willing to confess that sin and surrender that sin over to him, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's for believers too. Jesus, when he was washing the disciples' feet, was going around, doing just that, washing their feet. And Peter said, I want you to wash my whole body. Jesus' remark to him is really important because he said, you're already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. All you need is your feet washed now. Our sins, once we trust in Christ as our Lord and Savior, are ultimately forgiven. But now, as believers, sin does creep back in our lives, and it's important that we continually confess and repent of our sins. We need regular foot washing as we're, as we're walking, trying to live this life for God. Even though ultimately we're clean because of the word that we have believed, the word that Jesus has spoken to us, the, the message of the gospel but still, relationally, in our relationship to Christ, things get in between us, namely our sin. And I wonder 
for us who believe, who do have a relationship with Christ? Are there sins like that that are causing problems in your relationship with God? That are keeping you from walking closely as you should to Christ? This morning, maybe you need to confess that sin that God is probably pointing out. He's putting his finger on something likely in your life. And I pray that God would continue to point that out to you until you willingly turn that over to him because it's only keeping you from living the most joyful life that God wants for you. You're only hurting yourself when you're not being real with God. When you're hiding things from him, when you're living in a way that is dishonoring to God, you're only hurting yourself. Because Jesus wants us to have abundant life and and joy, and, and sin just brings more misery in our life. So what is that for you, Christian, this morning? That God may be shining his light on and pointing out Bring it into the light. Be real with God. Be transparent with God. Trust in his promise that he's going to cleanse you. He's going to forgive you once you give that over to him. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we thank you for your word, the truth, that gives us light. Lord, please speak to us very personally as I know that you have. Show us what you would have us to do. Help us to live more fully and transparently before you in the light. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Will you stand this morning? And this morning, maybe you need to step into the light for the first time. And come and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you already have him as your Lord and Savior. But you aren't living transparently in the light as you ought. So maybe this morning you need to come in prayer. Giving that over to God and asking for new cleansing in your life. Whatever it may be, follow as God is speaking to you.